All right, welcome back ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're doing great today. In today's video, firstly, let's just mention one thing from yesterday. I was really surprised and still am surprised that almost 100,000 people have viewed yesterday's video. Uh, I'm really surprised by that. And as a result of that, I thought, looking at all the comments and the questions where people were asking, well, Neil, that's great. You keep showing all these things that were forecast some of them seven, eight years ago, and they've already happened. But is there anything that you've seen as a report, as a war game, as an exercise that hasn't yet happened? And the answer is yes. And it's right here in this report. So we're gonna go through this today and I think you will find it as fascinating as I did. So let's go over to the shared screen now then. So here it is exclusive IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, 10 countries simulate a cyber attack on the global financial system. And here we go, here's the 10 countries here. Although that's not quite accurate because the IMF, the BIS, the World Bank, they are not countries, they are private institutions but yet they are treated the same way as countries. Rather bizarre and amusing. Okay, so here we go then. This was an exercise that was conducted on December the 9th, just last year in 2021. Israel on Thursday led a 10 country simulation of a major cyber attack on the global financial system in an attempt to increase cooperation that could help to minimize any potential damage to financial markets and banks. Hmm, okay. The simulated war game, keyword here, I'm gonna highlight the keywords in pink. The simulated war game, as Israel's finance ministry called it and planned over the past year, evolved over 10 days with sensitive data emerging on the dark web. The simulation also used fake news reports. <laughs> it's always funny when we hear that, fake news reports, because most of them are real, uh, that in the scenario caused chaos in global markets and a run on banks. Um, it was probably something like the fake news report was, get your money out of the banks now. The banks are about to collapse. That was probably what the fake news report was. And then uh, the banks probably collapsed the next day. So this simulation featured several types of attacks that impacted global foreign exchange and bond markets. Liquidity, keyword here, what is liquidity? It is money, currency in liquid accounts. Integrity of data and transactions between importers and exporters. These events are creating havoc in the financial markets, said a narrator of a film shown to the participants as part of the simulation. It's uh, funny how these simulations always come true. Israeli government officials said that such threats are possible in the wake of the many high profile cyber attacks on large companies and that the only way to contain any danger is through, here it is, keyword, global cooperation since current cybersecurity is not always strong enough. By the way, whenever you hear this word global cooperation, they are talking about a one world bank, although it doesn't look that way and they're not you know, outwardly saying that, but that is what they're talking about. Attackers are 10 steps ahead of the defenders. 
Participants in the initiative called Collective Strength included Treasury officials from Israel, the United States, United Kingdom, UAE, Australia, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands and Thailand, as well as representatives from the International Monetary Fund, IMF, the World Bank and the Bank of International Settlements, the BIS. I've talked about the BIS before, crucial, crucial player, which often isn't really talked about enough, but they are the central bank of central banks. The narrator of the film in the simulation said governments were under pressure to clarify the impact of the attack, which was paralyzing the global financial system. The banks are appealing for, here it is, emergency liquidity assistance. Hmm, we've seen that before. Where did the money come from? Which then led to bank runs by the public in a multitude of currencies to put a halt to the chaos as counterparties, here it is in pink again, withdrew their funds and limit access to liquidity, leaving the banks in disarray and ruin. Okay, look at this. They're telling you what would happen in this situation. And we saw this in the 08 crisis with a run on banks, people, uh, again, I'm not talking banking level here, but people, the public withdrawing their funds and then the banks limited access to those funds, AKA liquidity. The participants discussed multilateral policies to respond to the crisis, including, here it is, we saw this in the Great Depression Diaries that I did, a coordinated bank holiday. Whenever you see a coordinated bank holiday, it usually means you're too late to get your money out of the bank. We've seen this tactic used over and over again in pretty much every single one of the liquidity crisis cycles. This is where you just can't get your money out of the bank in time. Debt repayment, grace periods, swap or repo agreements, and coordinated delinking from major currencies, wow. So the head of Israel's financial cyber engagement said international collaboration, again, here we go, this keyword international collaboration, which then leads onto a one world central bank digital currency, probably by the IMF or the BIS, between finance, uh, again, I've just added all that in there, between finance ministries and international organization is key for the resilience of the financial ecosystem. So you asked for it by popular demand. Are there any forecasts that have been made or exercises that just haven't played out yet? Well, I think that's a pretty good one right there, or maybe not good, a pretty bad one. Because what have we talked about a lot um, you can watch back over some of the videos I made on why you don't want to keep all of your money in the bank. Because when they have these liquidity crises, this is when there's going to be a major issue and you're probably not going to have access to those funds, the money that you own. Although when you deposit money into a bank now, if you read the banking terms and conditions and law, you're no longer you know, treated the same way you used to be treated. You're now a creditor to the bank. I know that's hard to believe, but you should really read into all of this around modern day banking. It's not the way it used to be. And this is why I always talk about bail in law, where a bank can actually confiscate your money and give you worthless bank stock in return. Something that everyone should read up on and be aware of. And this is why I often say don't keep all of your money in the bank or if you're going to 
spread it between different bank accounts. And sometimes people say, well, I'm in this bank and that bank and that bank. I'm spread out and diversified. Uh, yeah, not really. It's the same banking group that owns all of those. So you think you're protected and covered? Not really. Your risk is pretty much the same as if you were just in one of those banks. And another question that I often get asked is, are we going to see this banking collapse? A lot of people are forecasting. And what would happen in that situation? Well, you would probably see a bail-in scenario, not a bail-out scenario. All the evidence points towards that. All of the new laws point towards that as well, especially because what we saw in 2008 was very detrimental, very negative, And the politicians know and the banking sector know that they just couldn't get away with that doing it all over again with the bailouts for the banks and um, you know the people didn't get bailed out but the banks did get bailed out with taxpayer money so the government knows they probably can't get away with that again which is why bail-in law was passed now you might think well isn't that worse though for the for, for the people isn't that even worse and the answer is yes it is because your your money would be frozen or well, even though it's not money it's fiat currency but it would be frozen in the bank for a long period of time. Now, how long? I often look at the Great Depression and uh, again, I revert back to that, those diary series that I covered. By the way, just a point on that, a lot of people keep asking, how can I get those diaries, Neil? You know, can, can I read these diaries? Where can I buy them? I've said this over and over again. Those diaries were private family diaries. You will not be able to get access to those diaries, but you can read The Great Depression Diaries, which is a book uh, and a section of that I actually used in that diary series. So you can uh, purchase that online or wherever you wanna buy it, order it from a bookstore or whatever. The Great Depression Diaries is a really, really good book. But what actually happened during that period then, these are some of the most unique and interesting stories from that period. People would go to the bank manager and say, am I safe to put my funds in the bank? And he would say, oh yes, perfectly safe. And they say, well, all of these other banks in the next town across have, you know, they've closed their doors and they haven't opened for a week and no one can get their money. Oh yes, no problem at all. So someone would put their money deposit into the bank. The next day the bank's closed. These are the sort of stories that you will read in these, uh, in these diaries or if you watch that uh, video series. So overall, you know, these exercises that we keep seeing in these reports, I don't look at them as, oh, that's interesting, that was just an exercise. I look at it more as a forecast. I look at it as, this is what they've been working on, these are the exercises. There is a high likelihood in the future that there could be some sort of a coordinated cyber attack on the global financial markets, which could run to a banking crisis, which could lead to some of your money in the bank getting locked up. So again, I'm not gonna go into all of that aspect because I've covered it on multiple videos. I cover it in the Patreon, the private community, how to safely allocate your money and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm not gonna go into all of that today, but hopefully that just gave you a, a sort of warning about, you know, maybe it's time for you to start looking into where your money is currently held, how safe is it, do you want to leave it there? Is there a risk to just leaving it there? Even with inflation, you know, looking at the rates of inflation we have approaching 10% for a lot of Western nations very soon. If you're leaving your money in the bank anyway and just not doing anything with it, it's losing 10% of its purchasing power just by being sat there in the bank. While the bank is using it for liquidity and profit-making purposes, by the way. And the other thing I always say, 
Remember, if your bank makes mortgages, does credit cards and loans and things like that, they're using liquidity to do it. So if there was a major crisis, a major financial collapse, and people couldn't pay their mortgages or loans or credit cards, you can pretty much, it's not a certainty, but it's highly, highly likely that your funds would get frozen while the bank was able to sort of take a period of time and get some funds from elsewhere and try and just figure out how to uh, resolve the crisis. All right, hope that was useful today and helpful for you. Take care, God bless. I will see you tomorrow for the weekly Walk and Talk.